Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Try to be sound you know, schematically and, and within our fundamentals. The wind may move the ball a little bit. But again, having the experience that I do in the stadium and, and knowing wind patterns, what they what we expect them to be, at least. Uh, just having a good sense of that. And again, just finding ways to get our playmakers the ball on the outside. You know, typically, with weather like this, a game that both teams are going to run the ball and it's going to be um, very possession limited. So we got to make these possessions count. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen there as we get ready for potentially a bit of a weather game here. New York Governor Kathy Hochul will be speaking at noon. You can find that over on our sister station, 930 WBEN. They're going to have live coverage all day leading up to what we think around 12 to 2-ish in that range is when the storm should really start to hit. So they'll have live coverage all day. As of now, the Bills game is slated to still start Sunday at 1 p.m. And for tonight, for hockey purposes, Sabres game is still slated to go at 4 o'clock tonight as they host Vancouver. Now, with all that being said, let's go to the Wester Hotline and get a look at how the Steelers are feeling about the weather. As we have Will Graves of the AP on the Wester Hotline. Will, how are we doing this morning? Uh, I'm good. I'm not worried about getting stuck in a blizzard like you guys are, so I'm, I'm straight. I, w- I was going to ask you, are, are you traveling up for this game, or are you just going to be hanging out at uh, home? I asked. I asked, but the bosses said that John Warro is so good that they didn't need me. So there we go. Uh, my, my, AP, my AP colleague in Borough, my our resident Canucks stand, as I call him. So uh, he's uh, J- John's great, but no, I'm uh, going to stay here. And in case uh, all hell breaks loose, I'll pitch in best I can. There we go. There we go. So uh, on this game, it, I, I kind of do like the Steelers have been a weird team that I've both been paying attention to this year because I am a Mike Tomlin fan. I really, really like Tomlin. The fact that he just he he does not pitch losing seasons. That man is going to get you to at least you know nine and seven, and now you know nine and eight at this point. He's going to at least get you there. I, I but I wanted to get your thought because I, I feel like I see on Twitter all the time Steelers fans are, are are looking for Tomlin's head. They want a change. They want. I, I saw trade rumors at one point, stuff like that. What have you made of Tomlin this season? Now that the team has made the playoffs with everything that has gone on, and how do Steelers fans kind of feel about him? Well, you know, I think things have sort of uh, it kind of came out even in the end. I think there were some games early in the year, particularly that Browns game on Monday night where Cleveland essentially heated them the game uh, that the Steelers stole. Uh, and then I think of games like, you know, obviously those back-to-back losses to the Cardinals and the Patriots uh, five days apart um, right after Thanksgiving that kind of set them into a bit of a tailspin, um, you know, to the point where they pulled in Mason Rudolph. I think they're about where they probably should have been. 
uh, all along. I mean, I will say this, you know, to me, you know, I'm kind of with you. And this is my 13th year on the beat. Uh, you know, Mike T's had some rough moments this year, but, you know, I, I tweeted this a couple weeks ago. He has coached 275 regular season games for the Steelers, and they have been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention in one of them. One of them. That is, I mean, look, that is an absolutely staggering uh, number to me. And, you know, but I also tend to think, look, I'm not from here, um, you know, and I, I am not a, quote, Steeler fan by any stretch. I mean, I grew up in the D.C. suburbs in the 80s watching my team, the, the Washington team win three Super Bowls, and then they've been absolutely terrible for 30 years. And so I always kind of have that in the back of my head when I listen to Steeler fans complain about Mike T. Um, you know, it's been, an, it's been an up and down season to be sure, um, you know, but he, you know, to his credit and to the organization's credit for all the stability that, that, you know, deservedly so they re- the reputation that they have for being the most stable organization in the league. Look, they fired an, a coordinator in during the season for the first time in 80 years, you know, they, they went through three quarterbacks. I mean, uh, you know, he went to, to Mason Rudolph and to be honest with you, that, I mean, that definitely smacked the desperation because Mason was a guy that was basically an afterthought. I mean, after Ben retired, you know, they came out and said, we believe Mason, you know, and, and unfortunately Dwayne Haskins, who unfortunately passed away in a tragic accident down in, in Florida a couple of years ago, were going to be in the mix to be the starter. And what did they do? The first day of free agency, they signed Mitch Trubisky, and then the first round of the draft, they, they draft Kenny Pickett, right? So he was never really in it. And now we get to this point two years later where he sort of looks like the guy that maybe they thought he was going to be all along when they drafted him in 2018. So a wild season, they're never boring. I mean, are they good? Are they bad? I don't think they're good or bad, uh, but they're they're compelling uh, nonetheless. And I think this is probably, you know, I had him going 11 and six when the season started, and you know, I didn't anticipate the route it would take to get here, but they're about where I thought they'd be. I I think you're you're, you're spot on with there. Like I don't, they're not good, they're not bad. They have, for me at least, as someone you know outside watching or um, uh, from the outside watching in, I, I spent about a year in in. Uh, Western Pennsylvania at school, and I went to school with a lot of, of Steelers fans. And it, it's funny how a lot of Steelers fans, at least you know college age ones, are talking about the Steeler way with both reverence and also like disgust of like, yeah, we love that like no one ever gets fired, but like also no one ever gets fired, and we're all irritated all the time. And so it has been interesting of watching like Matt Canada get fired, Kenny Pickett, who and and I this is me both poking and prodding at the bear, but also thinking it's kind of legit. You know, maybe that's them making up for Dan Marino not becoming a Steeler. They draft the other guy out of Pitt to become the Steelers quarterback. What's gone on with Kenny Pickett? Is that a Matt Canada thing? Is he beyond repair? Or are they just riding the hot hand with Mason Rudolph right now? Um, You know, I I don't think he's beyond repair. Um, That being said, and I've used this line for a couple of years now, I mean, if you had asked Steeler fans in August of 2021 that Kenny Pickett would be the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers that, you know, there's two kinds of people, people that, you know, said, yeah, or said there was no way in hell that that was ever going to happen and liars. Right. I mean, cause nobody, he was not, he had had four very average-ish years at Pitt and only came back for that last season in 2022 because he looked at his draft stock and he was going to be a middling round pick. He waited a year, cashed in, had a great senior year, obviously was a Heisman trophy finalist. But, I mean, if you look at the breadth of work, six out of the seven seasons he's played competitive football in Pittsburgh, he has been average. 
And, you know, is that who he really is? You know, it's hard to – he has not provided much, you know, evidence to the contrary. I mean, to to Mike Tomlin in the offseason was very bullish on him, said he expected Kenny to, quote, kill it this year. Obviously, that hasn't happened. I think part of it is he is, you know, and this is not a bad trait to have in a quarterback, but he's risk-averse. You know, he wasn't throwing a lot of touchdowns, but he also wasn't throwing a lot of interceptions. And, like, the, the thought process was, all right, that's fine. This is what we need to do to win games. We're going to try to win games 20 to 17 and hope that TJ Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward and those and Alex Highsmith, you know, make the difference on the other side of the ball. And that really sort of carried them through that first, you know, nine games where they got off to the, the six and three start, despite being outgained in every single, in every single contest. Right. So, you know, I, I don't think Kenny would benefit, will benefit from whatever coordinator they bring in. Um, but I don't think it's a cinch that he's the guy going into next year, especially if for some reason the Steelers find a way to win a game in the playoffs. I just, you know, the, they are financially tied to him for two more years. I don't see, you know, this, this franchise is stubborn to your point about the experience that you had with it and talking to the, the kids you went to school with. Like, yes, they, they love the Steeler way and they hate the Steeler way. And part of the Steeler way is, you know, sticking with, you know, almost refusing to admit that you may have made a mistake. Uh, I don't know if they did with Kenny, but he certainly does not look like the kind of guy that is going to be a positive difference maker and take you that last step from pretty good to great. I feel like then that might answer my next question with Chicago owning the first overall pick again this year, not their own, it's Carolina's, but Justin Fields has become, for now the second straight offseason, maybe one of the main characters for it. I was going to ask, like, do you see the Steelers maybe being in play for him? But maybe to that to that point of just they're not really willing to move off of Kenny Pickett yet, or, or do you see them being in maybe a spot to go try to get fields? I would be stunned if they moved on from Kenny. Um, the fields, you know, would be how much is it going to cost? You know, that's part of it. And then, like, fiscally, how much is it going to cost? I mean, he's going into his, what, his fifth year, right? They'd pick up that fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where Kenny, they still got two more years of him at sort of bargain prices, right? So uh, I really think that that is kind of where the Steelers are. I would be surprised if they made a run at Fields. But, again, you know, a lot of this is predicated on who the coordinator is. I mean, they have this unusual setup right now where, you know, Mike Sullivan, is, who's the quarterback coach, calls the plays during the game. But Eddie Faulkner, who's, the, who's been the running back coach, like is the, quote, coordinator. Um, you know, I don't – think that those guys are in position to to get promoted to that job I think there definitely is a thought in the organization that they need somebody a little younger I mean Eddie's not Eddie's in his you know in his uh, late 40s so I don't want to you know ascribe him as old by any stretch but maybe like a young innovative type guy and if they hire that, that person and let's say that happens within the first three weeks after their season's over and that guy says hey look I want a guy that can move you know a guy that can move around the pocket can be a difference maker with his legs I mean there's if Fields is available, and the Bears have to decide what they're going to do with that, right? I mean, they have to decide. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of volatility going on there with the, the moves they made on their coaching staff this year, keeping Eberflus but firing basically everyone else. Um, you know, it's 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 always always going to come down to the you know basically the cost of doing business. And the Steelers love 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 their draft picks. The the flip side of that though is, you know, Kim Hayward. I mean, this he, he might play his last game tomorrow. I think he probably comes back for one more season. T.J. Watt is in his prime. He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Minka Fitzpatrick, same. How many more years are you going to waste with those guys? 
by having a quarterback that is average. Mm-hmm. So I really think that is sort of the, the looming decisions that they have to make when they go into the offseason. One position that seemingly is never average for the Steelers, and it oftentimes is entertaining to watch as someone who likes the NFL, wide receiver. But George Pickens, for as talented as he is, what was going on in these last few weeks? He's not blocking, or, or, or like what was going on there? And and why why do the Steelers always have to have an entertaining character at wide receiver? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you saying you entertaining from four hours away, you know, like have somebody who went through Antonio Brown to Juju, who actually is a nice kid, but just would uh, create some off the field stuff that would just kind of, you know, kind of make me bang my head uh, to chase Claypool to this. I mean, it is a little exhausting at this point. Uh, The funny part was, and I mean, I I remember in the opener against the the Niners, um, you know, I turned to Brooke Pryor from ESPN who sits next to me uh, during the home games. And I was like, Look at fourteen. Like if the you can tell at the snap if the ball if the ball is coming his way or he's the primary or they're running to his side because you know if it's not it's he's jogging, you know. And it, what happened was when you're winning games, everybody sort of like you know can excuse it, and then they started losing games and it's like oh look at what fourteen's not doing. Um, I do think he's grown up a little bit. I mean look he's a talented guy. It's it's and that's the thing. I mean that's why Antonio Brown got away with what he could get away with off the field for as long as he did because he was, when he was on the field, he was the best or one of the best players. Pickens, I'm not saying he's Antonio Brown, but I mean, when you see him, you know, get in space, you know, a guy with that size, a guy with that speed, with that catch radius. I mean, he is a, a, a marvel. And what you've seen, especially the last few weeks and maybe not last week in Baltimore because uh, of the mostly because of the conditions is I mean Mason Rudolph says where's 14 I'm just going to go throw him the ball that was something Kenny Pickett was not doing and so you have Pickens more engaged and I also think he has it has gotten into his head hopefully from the coach from the coaching staff standpoint to say hey I you know I'm a talented guy they want to give me the ball but I got to be a good teammate and I do think you see a more concerted effort the last few weeks in him trying to be a good teammate and will that continue it depends. You know, it kind of depends on the outcome more than anything else, to be honest with you. Um, but he is a competitive guy. He's got some, some maturity issues. I mean, to the point where Mike Tomlin has to call a, you know, he typically doesn't like to talk to beat reporters during the week outside of that Tuesday press conference. Um, when he does, it's usually short. But he, like, came in a couple weeks ago and made it a point to spend five minutes saying, I'm defending George, but his butt needs to grow up. And I think that was probably the warning shot to George that he probably needed. And so at least in the short term, you know, you're seeing growth. Now, is that sustainable? I mean, again, it just sort of depends on whether he gets the ball and whether the team wins. Uh, Before we let you go, Will, I did want to bring up, because it it became apparent to me, I I knew how important T.J. Watt was to the Steelers, mainly just because of how talented of a player he was. I had not realized that the Steelers are 1-10 since drafting T.J. Watt when he doesn't play. What kind of factor is he on the field, and then what kind of factor is he when he's not on the field for the Steelers' defense? Well, I mean, look, there's he's got a skill set that very few guys in the league can match. And I would say, you know, that that 1-10 record, um, you know, until last year when he tore his peck in the opener against the Bengals, the, there were a handful of games that he would sit out and 
regular season finales because the Steelers, you know, like it didn't affect their playoff positioning. Right. So like, I don't really count those games. I think last year was the real sort of like, Oh, we don't have our best guy. Um, you know, he, you have to account for him on every snap, uh, a lot of debate here on whether he or miles Garrett should be the defensive player of the year. Um, you know, I kind of have the, I, I don't, I don't have a vote. Um, I would say it's, if the numbers are pretty close, it comes down to team success. The Browns a little bit better considering the volatility they have. Garrett probably gets it. Um, but TJ's consistency. I mean, he's got, he's getting game plan for every single game and he still finds a way, you know, nine times out of 10 to be, make a, a splash play to make a, a key sack to get a strip to, to get a pick. I mean, he finds a way, even though like game plans are designed to neutralize. And that is a remarkable thing. I think, Look, they've got, you know, they're a little bit better positioned than they were like last year. They went up there without TJ and got destroyed, right? I mean, it was a game 38 to three. Uh, I, they're in better position this time. They have Nick Herbig, who, uh, you know, led the Big Ten in sacks last year at Wisconsin, kind of slipped into the middle, middling rounds of the draft. Explosive, undersized, um, excitable. And then they have Marcus Golden, longtime vet from the Cardinals, who's sort of more like, all right, if we want to stop the run, we're going to get him in there. Um, but they're not T.J. Watt. So other guys are going to have to make, you know, the, quote, splash plays. Uh, they do get Minka Fitzpatrick back this week. Um, given the fact that who knows what it's going to be like when the ball's in the air, I would imagine this is going to be both teams are going to try to run. Um, it would be nice if you had 90 trying to chase down Josh Allen as opposed to some of these other guys. Um, but I think, you know, because of the game circumstances, the Steelers might be in a better position to – withstand the loss if there's if there's going to be less passing situations you know if, team, if, if both sides are going to be like hey i really don't want to put up in 30 mile an hour wins uh i would be more inclined to say the steelers probably a little better position than they have in the past to withstand tj's loss but i still think the bills on the whole probably win this game um i think the steelers would probably have to be plus two in the turnover department to win and then that will lead to if they lose it's, it's going to lead to maybe the most interesting offseason that they've had in the 13 years I've been here. TJ Watt, by the way, this year, 19 sacks, Miles Garrett, 14. I didn't even realize how good of a season TJ Watt was having. And I think mainly it is due to the fact that he has just been, like you said, so consistent. He has been, I think. The, yeah, the, the first guy, the first player in NFL history, at least since they started tracking sacks in 82, to win the sack title three times. When you think about some of the guys, the Bruce Smiths and the Reggie Whites and the Lawrence Taylors of the world, when, when they didn't do that, I mean, that kind of just tells you what kind of player he is. Yeah, just absolutely otherworldly talent. Will, Will Graves uh, on the Western Hotline covers the AP in Pittsburgh. Uh, before we let you go, you kind of gave your thoughts here on tomorrow's game between the Steelers and the Bills. Want to get your thoughts on today's games? We get Super Wild Card Weekend, which why is it why is it called Super Wild? It's just it's Wild Card Weekend, but we I do mean, have like super sized. I think is what that's short for. I would imagine. Right, I, I guess. Anyway. But like, what are we doing here? But we do have two games t- uh, today. We have at four thirty Browns at Texans, and then later tonight another weather game. Miami at Kansas City. Expected to be in, in minus degree uh, wind chill. What are your thoughts on on these two games? Uh, I think the Joe Flacco story is fascinating. It is just this the fact that this guy can you know I mean it sort of highlights like what the heck were the Steelers doing when a guy that was sitting on the couch can come in and start throwing putting up three hundred yard games or the Steelers like that is hasn't happened. I think their last three hundred yard passing game you know might have been 
in that loss to the Bills where they moved it around a lot in the second half with just mm-hmm. physical points. Um, you know, I like Stroud. I mean, look, the Steelers went down early in the season into Houston, and C.J. Stroud put it on them. Uh, he's certainly a talented kid. I think Cleveland's defense is probably the difference there. I think it's going to be tight, though. I would say it's going to be in the, you know, 24-21 range. Um, and then the night game, you know, I, I have a – I'm old, right? So I kind of have a – oh, look, the Dolphins. What are the Dolphins going to do? What are the Dolphins going to do? I remember Michael Vick going to Green Bay during his breakout year. I don't know if it was 01 or 02. And, you know, beating Brett Favre, and it was like – four degrees and, you know, a minus 20 wind chill. Uh, you know, I, I've been watching, and maybe it's because I've been watching Hard Knocks. It's hard not to get to, to, to root for Mike McDaniel and just sort of the way he goes about his business and the, the way he builds his relationships with his players. They're super banged up. But this Kansas City team has been so underwhelming all year. Like, you kept waiting for them to kind of look like the juggernaut that they've been, and it hasn't happened. So you know, I would I'm gonna I would say I, I like if, if it if it's not windy and I don't think it's supposed to be I think it's just supposed to be cold. I actually like the Dolphins. I think Tyreek Hill is just been, has this you know this is gonna be maybe a career defining game for him. You know he wants to go back to Kansas City and show these guys what they're missing. And I think that McDaniel finds a way to get him open enough to be the difference. Should be a fun night leading into the rest of the weekend. Of course, Bill Steelers tomorrow at one. Will, thanks so much for coming on today. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy tomorrow's game. All right, thanks. Stay safe, guys. You as well. That was on the Western Hotline. Will Graves covers the Pittsburgh Steelers for the AP. I hadn't even thought about it's Tyree Hill's return to Kansas City, mainly because they did play this year. And every now and then, I'll forget, that game was in Germany. So this is going to be Tyreek Hill's return to Kansas City the first time since being traded to Miami in what was a very, at least my memory serves correctly, it very quick and stunning it was like at like 11 in the morning he had requested a trade and by 2 30 he was Miami Dolphin after like an hour or two of is it going to be the Dolphins is it going to be the Jets uh very very quick moving trade for him and and since getting to Miami he has really become a major major if not the most important factor on their offense we are going to take a quick time out here I'm Zach Jones, and we're having a special extended playoff edition of Sports Talk Saturday today, of course, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I'll be on till 12 o'clock today as the home of the Bills gets ready for a wildcard weekend. That is brought to you by Expert Contracting, Expert Contracting for wind damage. Call 716-272-ROOF. We'll be right back. Still taking your calls, 803-0550, and this is WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.